You are listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson, exploring biblical prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Shalom, Havarim Shalanu. That means peace to you, our friends, in the language of Hebrew. This is Keith Johnson with Nehemia Gordon, ready to take another peek into the prophets to see if we can find some more pearls to share with you. Shalom, Haver Shali. Atamuchan, are you ready? Animuchan, shalom kulam, peace to everyone. Oh, great. Can it's you, such a blessing to be speaking the language of the prophets. The language of the prophets. Can you say the language of the prophets to them? Lashon uh, ha-nevi'im, uh, uh, language yes. of the prophets. Can you do this? Can you also say to them, because I don't know if you realize it or not, hmm. this is called Thanksgiving weekend in the United States. It now, is. there are people around the world that are listening to us, Nehemiah. They may not know anything about this uh, this uh, this uh, this traditional celebration what I love about this particular celebration is just the word Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and then who is the focus focus of that thanks I actually I actually am thankful uh, of course to our Heavenly Father and I'm also thankful to our many friends who stepped in to um, to walk alongside us uh, this week this particular uh, episode is actually been sponsored by our profit Pro partners Seth and Cindy in Iowa they were amazing because hey, Seth, they, and Seth and Cindy, thank you so much. They didn't want to bring any questions or any uh, any comments. However, they were really, uh, really instrumental people for us when we went to Iowa. They um, they're prayer warriors, they're support warriors, they're people who st- oh, step step uh, step up and do what they do. So again, thank you so much. We're thankful during this weekend for not only them but for a number of people that have decided that they're going to walk with us through the Prophet Pearls as uh, sponsors. This happens to be one of the episodes. That's sponsored. We're going to be dealing with a lot of interesting stuff uh, this week. Yeah. And maybe they decided not to comment because this is a hot one. I mean, <laughs> this, this one we're going to in Hosea is going to be amazing. And I'm, yeah. I'm kind of kidding. But um, looking forward to it. You ready to? Can, can I say something about Thanksgiving? Sure. So in Hebrew, um, it's called Chag HaHodea. Mm. And Chag is, you know, feast. Um, and obviously, it's not a biblical feast. Yeah. <laughs> but they have, it's been given a Hebrew name. And Hodaya, Ha is the, and Hodaya is thanks. And here's the the really interesting thing. So the the meat that's eaten on Thanksgiving is in English called turkey. Turkey, right? And um, and and in Hebrew, it's actually called hodu, mm-hmm. which means uh, and, and the full name is Telnagol hodu, which means uh, turkey of India, because mm-hmm. they thought this was India. Um, and the funny thing is that hodaya and hodu sound like there's a play on words there. Mm-hmm. And this is why when when I speak about, for example, the Hebrew Matthew or even anything in the Tanakh. If you have just one example, that could be a coincidence. Yeah. Because here's an example that's clearly a coincidence. You know, the name of Turkey had absolutely nothing to do with uh, with the name of this festival. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a Hebrew festival. It was an English festival. But in Hebrew, it looks like there's this um, play on words. And... Um, but it's a complete coincidence. And by the way, do you know how to say turkey in Chinese? Oh, please tell me. Hoji. Hoji. Which means fire bird, fire chicken. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of funny because actually, according to the schedule, uh, I very, very, may very well be uh, eating uh, uh, hoji, <laughs> <laughs> depending on if all things go according to to a plan. You know, I've just uh, if again according to the schedule last weekend I would have been in the Philippines. This weekend I would be somewhere in the land of China. Wow. So um, there's a lot going on. So many things that that Good luck uh, finding a chicken, there. yeah, <laughs> a turkey. <laughs> well, <laughs> but here's what's interesting: uh, this just the spirit of thanks uh, giving, and certainly as we are preparing to do another episode of. Prophet Pearls, I'm thankful. I'm thankful mm-hmm. 
uh, to you, Nehemia, that you're here. We're able to do this together. I will say I've got a little bit of frustration. I finally, before we get started, want to tell the story of uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Uh, I have... You mean, you mean the Three Goldilocks and the Bear? That's no, the, you the were Three telling Bears. So let, me, let me just tell you, folks, I'm still here with Nehemia. Now, today's uh, Goldilocks story is I come home and uh, his car is in my garage spot. Now, he claims... That his window is broken on his car. I haven't been it's able a to. Twelve year old Honda. <laughs> I haven't been able to confirm it. The window it. broke. So the window broke, and, and it so rains here. It, it I does. needed the garage spot. <laughs> so we've given him the garage spot. I tell you what, man, I'm, I really do feeling like you're Goldilocks right now, and I'm one of the bears. And my sister and my son are here. We're the three bears, and you're Goldilocks. And boy, is the bed comfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's get started. Uh, we're we're actually in Hosea, and it's funny. Last week we talked a little bit, Nehemiah hinted towards really now what's become one of my, not one of my most favorite verses, but one of the verses that tells me in, in very explicit terms why it's important uh, to know the original language of scripture. Mm-hmm. This verse we're going to get to, which I'm, I'm looking forward to, will slow down. And I will tell you ahead of time, I didn't tell you, I didn't tell you this, mm-hmm. you know, we're rec- recording. I have the word of the week, if it's all right. You, you do, go ahead. And I'm going to push you on the word of the week, if that's oh, all right. Okay. Um, so we're going we're gonna to take a look at Hosea. And we're actually in chapter 12. And while I'm flipping to Hosea can, chapter 12, can we could you call it by a... the Hebrew name if we're going to be speaking about it? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm talking but, to the... But, uh, okay, so like, both. Okay, go ahead. You know, and this is just me, but when I hear the name Hosea, um, and actually just for kicks, I listened to this like dramatized yeah. New King James Version. And he yeah. said, the prophet Hosea. And I'm like, who's that? <laughs> no, in Hebrew, it's Hosea. Hosea. And who is the first Hosea in the Tanakh? We know who it is. He was uh, the man we call Joshua. Joshua. And he Moses. was a disciple of Moses, yes. and Moses added the Yud to his name to make him Yehoshua. Mm-hmm. Hosea means he saves, and Yehoshua is Yehovah saves. saves. That's funny. The first man that ever was given a, a contracted name. I mean, Moses was the first one who came and said, look, here's, here's Joshua. He's not going to be Joshua. He, like you said, his name is Hosea. I've got to change his name. So you mean the Why? first one who has a compound, compound name? name? No, sorry, so he's yeah. not the first one. Yeah, yeah. What, who was before? That, that was so, given from Moses. No, so Judah was Yehuda, which is Yehovah Odeh. I meant I where he was given a name. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. In other okay. words, where, where someone came and said, here, we're going to change your name. Oh, and give change you this. your name. Yes, okay, I'm sorry sure. about that. Yeah. And then there was Yochebed, the mother of Moses, who mm-hmm. is Yehovah uh, honor to Yehovah. What I like about the fact that Moses uh, selected him is that he knew what the job was that was going to be done, and there was no there was no way that Hosea, in the spirit of you know, the word Hosea, he's like yeah. literally saying, in order for this to be done, it's going to have to be Yehovah himself that does Amen. it. So he called him by that Yehoshua. name. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So here, but while I'm and there here, was also a Hosea who was the king of Israel, Hosea yeah. ben Ela, and this yeah. is Hosea ben Beeri. So so while we're getting to um, in my in IV Hosea or Hosea, the the name that it would be. The, the original name. Could you do us a favor and give us a short background on this prophet? Just a little bit of background See, on him. He's a really unusual prophet. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he's not really unusual. He's unusual in, in our collection of prophecies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's yeah. put it that way. In other words, in the books that have come down to us, he is the only prophet who we can unequivocally point to and say he is a prophet of the northern kingdom. Mm-hmm. And if we think about it, um, Isaiah was from Jerusalem, uh, Jeremiah was from Anatot, which is a suburb of Jerusalem. Uh, about five kilometers north of Jerusalem, three miles. Um, you have uh, Amos, who was from Tekoa, which is in the Judean desert, the edge of the Judean desert. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have all these prophets who are Judean prophets, and they're speaking, even like you know Jeremiah, who's from Anatot, he's, most of his prophecy is taking place in Jerusalem. Um, you know, he's thrown in prison in Jerusalem, and that because that was the capital. Mm-hmm. And Hosea is specifically a prophet to the northern kingdom, mm-hmm. and that's really what sets him apart. Now, when I read it in Hebrew, I get so excited because I see these forms 
and these 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 uh, these structures that don't appear anywhere else in the Tanakh. Mm-hmm. Um, they're unique to the Hebrew of Hosea, and I'm sure they're not unique to Hosea. But from what survived of mm-hmm. the writings that mm-hmm. we have, mm-hmm. they're unique to Hosea. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeremiah doesn't have these forms, and Ezekiel doesn't have these forms, and Isaiah doesn't. But this northern prophet Hosea has them, and and he mentions Judah, but Judah is kind of an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Um, his main subject is Israel, the North Kingdom and, of the Ten Tribes of Israel. And isn't it interesting that when we're reading uh, in this in this book, uh, if we don't know that, if we know that, if we don't know that that's what he's talking about, you really would get a bit confused. I mean, it's yeah. it's amazing. But l- let me say something. I want to. I was reading an, a comment someone made, and by the way, everyone that's uh, listening, we really challenge you to uh, to go to to bfainternational.com, nachemiaswall.com, and and listen to the prophet pearls and make comments. But I was found. I found a comment that really had to do with when we did the original uh, Torah pearls program, and 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 a lady got mad at me, Nehemia. And she got only mad. One? No, only well, she she was willing to write about it, and she said, "I'm so frustrated that Keith is using the anglicized name Yeshua, Yehoshua. Uh, he's he's saying Jesus, and 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 so, and and there may be people when I say that that get really frustrated. But let me let me explain why whether it's whether I say Jesus or whether I say Hosea. So she gets frustrated when you say Jesus, just like I get frustrated when when they say Hosea. Exactly. Okay. Right. But let me just say something. I, the people and I, I've been very clear about this from the time that you and I ever. You know, we were yeah. talking yesterday about how long we, we were working together, and no one no one knew anything about it. It wasn't made public. We, from 2002 until 2007, we never talked about doing anything public. From 2007 to 2009, no one knew what we were doing. And it wasn't until 2009 that we publicly made mention that we had been working on the Hebrew origins of the Lord's Prayer mm-hmm. and, and ended up writing a book about it. But one of the things that I've, I've said, and I want to be really clear about this, the people that I am that I'm really, really um, have a heart for are people that come from my background. Many people that are mm-hmm. inside the church that don't get a chance to, uh, to, to um, experience what I got to experience personally, which was really interacting with language, history, and context of the Bible, which sounds very strange that many people in the church don't know that the, that the, the you know Hosea is actually Hosea. The many people don't know that Jesus' original name wasn't Jesus. That's the Anglicized name. This is how they were brought up. So for me, what I tend mm-hmm. to like to do is to go where people are and bring them along. Yeah. Sometimes what happens in this movement that you introduced me to, and you are the culprit, Nehemi, I knew nothing about messianic people. I knew nothing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, knew I don't want to argue with you on the air, but I, I, I didn't know who, who these people were. Okay. I didn't know who these this groups were. But let me say what you did. What, what I appreciate about the spirit of what you did. Yeah. This was not your group. This was a group that that had some interest in the Hebrew origins of their scriptures. These are people who yeah. wanted to understand the original language, history, and context. And you stayed true to who you are. You didn't compromise who you are as a non-messianic, non-Christian. Karai Jew, you came to them and you were able to bring them. And, I, and this is not the only group. Don't get me wrong. This particular group of people, what I have had, a, this is not you, this is me. What I've had a problem with is they tend to look at the people I'm trying to reach and they hit them over the head and say, look, you, you, you're not saying it right. You're not pronouncing it right. You're not, you're, you don't know what the, what the issue is. And I'm thinking, where did they come from? In the context that I come from, people know this Bible that I'm reading. And this is a big jump for them because most of them are KJV people. You know, vows, they think those, that's the holy yeah. language of Scripture. When the NIV came out... It was out, good enough for Moses, it should be good enough for you. Exactly. Right? <laughs> when the NIV came out, it was it was shocking to oh, people really? in the church because yeah. they're like, wait, you've taken away the original language of Scripture. Mm. So again, <laughs> my point is, I want to say this, 
I, I'm continually trying to reach people who don't know all that information, but as they get the information, which you've been awesome in sharing, it's it's like it's like bringing them along. And it's it's like honey, you know. Wow, I've learned this. I looked at know this little thing. Versus, bam, they don't know it, hitting them over the head. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I've had some struggles with, and I'll, I'll kind of stay in that place. Sometimes I'll I'll use the name Jesus. Sometimes I'll say Hosea because that's what. The people that a lot of the people, and I don't have a problem with yeah. that. If you know, if you want to say Moses instead of Moshe, Moshe, there's um, a good one. Yeah. You know, I'm fine with that. But you know, my, my point is, we're talking about this book, and Hosea just sound, doesn't sound right to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad that you that's did just it. My thing. That's the thing. That's what I love about this. Is it? and it's bring... not like it's a difficult name to pronounce. Like for some people, you know, I mean, they, of, wouldn't, they wouldn't you know, even know how to read Hosea. Jonathan, Jonathan. So that's they, maybe difficult for people. But come on, Hosea. they wouldn't even know that it is Hosea. They they can't. They all they see is the English. So yeah. this is what's beautiful about this program okay. and about what we're doing. So let's go to Hosea, Hosea, chapter twelve, verse twelve. It's funny we start. At a, at, at, in the middle of the um, in, in the middle of the chapter, yeah. twelve verse twelve, and we're going to fourteen. Well, verse and, 9. and one of the things we pointed out is the chapters weren't aren't part of an original part of the Hebrew text, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but here it's a different story. Mm-hmm. Here, the the prophetic section doesn't begin in verse thir- thirteen. Mm-hmm. It actually really begins in chapter eleven, verse one. Isn't that something? And so, why do they cut in here to verse chapter twelve, verse? Um, you call it verse 12? Yeah, it said verse 12, 13. So it's 13 Hebrew. in the Hebrew, right? Yeah, so we're going to have some challenge back yeah. and forth. Well, be a, Keith will be a verse off. I'll be, I'll be <laughs> exactly, a, right. Exactly. If you're looking in Hebrew, you'll see my verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you call verse 12, I call verse 13, is in the middle of a prophecy. And mm-hmm. it really doesn't make a lot of sense in the middle of this prophecy. Meaning if we just read these last few verses of chapter 12, it's like, what on earth is he Well, let me read about? it and then I want you to comment, okay? Yeah. Jacob fled to the country of Aram. Israel served uh, to get a wife. And to pay for her, he lended sheep. The Lord used a prophet to bring Israel up from Egypt. By a prophet, he cared for him. But Ephraim was bitterly provoked him to anger. Uh, uh, bitterly provoked him to anger. His Lord will leave him upon him the guilt of the bloodshed and will repay him for his contempt. Yeah. So when you saw that, you're saying you didn't. You, you didn't. Uh... Well, so so this is a message that goes back, like I said, to chapter eleven, verse one, mm-hmm. where he starts off and he's saying, um, "Israel was a young boy and I loved him, and from Egypt I called him my son." Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this this constant reference back to the ancient history of Israel, ch- starting in chapter eleven, verse one, mm-hmm. going all the way to the end of chapter twelve, and the message is, look, and actually throughout thirteen as well, um, the message there is. Um, you know, look, uh, I was your God from this ancient time. Mm-hmm. You've had no other God. I'm the only God, and you've rebelled against me. And it's this mm-hmm. constant cycle. Re- he constantly goes back to, you know, he's saying, here's what's going on today. You're rebelling. You're worshiping idols. You're persecuting the weak and, and, the, and the poor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you didn't appreciate what I gave you. That mm-hmm. That's kind of like, a, it's kind of like the Jewish mother guilt trip. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and so what is this, what is this in verses 12 and 13 or in the Hebrew 13 and 14? What, what's, what's, what message well, are you Well, for me, when that? I, when yeah. I read it uh, immediately, I was brought back to why are we reading this as far as right. a connection to right. the, oh, and that's to the, clear, yeah. to, to the portion, which people can read actually right. in Genesis chapter 28, 10. Uh, through thirty-two-three, but right. what I what I and, and that's the portion of Vayetze, and of course they can listen to the original Torah pearls on Chemiswall.com and BFAInternational.com. Absolutely, and they can they can have a whole who knows how long it would be a couple yeah. hours there and an hour Probably, here. Who knows? <laughs> so when I read the verse in the first thing that happened for me is that I just saw the the parallelism between now Jacob fled to the land of Aram and made it made me stop when he says and Israel worked for a wife and I thought wait a minute. And, and it sounds like a really simple thing for you. Mm-hmm. You might be, of course, that's the case. But when I see Jacob and then Israel, I'm reminded of the story. Mm-hmm. The first time when the word Israel is used was when is in uh, G- Genesis 32:29, and it says this is the first time that Israel as a, as a name is given. It's given to Jacob. And when I read this verse, it just kind of makes me 
I'm, I'm just reminded again about how amazing God is that that he gives this name to Jacob. We talked about Hosea being mm-hmm. given the name Yehoshua. Here, right. here, Jacob is given the name Israel, or Israel. And when he's given that name, there's meaning in the name. So what I wanted to do, if we could, is yeah. just to be reminded again who Jacob who Jacob is mm-hmm. and, and why it is that his name is represented, what he's going to be talking about, because it's it's progression. Jacob to Israel, and he talks about, you know, the whole situation of him working for a wife, and then right. and it goes well, to the so, next So let's go back to verses 3 and 4 of yep. the same chapter, because mm-hmm. there, can, can you read those in your sure. NIV? Yep. Yep, yep. Uh, chapter 12, verses, in the Hebrew, it's verses 4 to 5. Mm-hmm. And, and, and all this whole, and it's strange, because, like, I don't know, if I were choosing the, the Haftarah section, You'd have picked this? I, I would have included this, because it's like yeah. part of the whole story mm-hmm. of, you know, Jacob and Esau of Esau. Mm-hmm. And they're fighting, and yeah, okay. Go ahead. So it says in twelve verse three. Um, I'm sorry. Let me start here. Three. three. Yeah. In the womb, he grasped his brother's wheel, and, that, and heel. the word there is akav. 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 He grabbed the heel, and, and his name is therefore Yaakov. Mm-hmm. Jacob. Yaakov from Akav. And as a man, he struggled with God. Speaking of this image of that yeah. battle. Yeah. And the word there is Sarah, mm-hmm. which is the word of Yisrael, mm-hmm. meaning uh, he strove, he fought with God, Sarah. Mm-hmm. So we've already got a reference here to Israel if you read it in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. He struggled with the angel and overcame him. He wept and begged for his favor. He found him at Bethel and talked with him there. The Lord God Almighty, the Lord is his name. Uh, he, now, and that's of course, the Hebrew says Yehovah. The God of hosts, Yehovah, is his mention. Mm-hmm. That's what it says in Hebrew. So, so there we are. We have Israel, this referring back to what happened in Genesis and struggling with the angel. Mm-hmm. And, although actually that, those are events that happened after he fled to Aram, mm-hmm. meaning uh, that was when he returned. Mm-hmm. But in any event, so it's not chronological. But it's um, ref- continually referencing back to this ancient history of Israel. You know something, Nehemiah, when I was looking at the verse, and I want you just to check the Hebrew. This is one little small thing. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to do this a couple times during the show. Yeah. I want to I want to bring up something that's uh, what I just call like just simple simple biblical tools or whatever. In in English, they they um they will they will italicize a word that's not in Hebrew. Mm. So for example, it says here, and Israel worked for a wife, and for a wife he kept, and then there's no word. Now, can you check just to see mm-hmm. at the end of verse 13 for you if there's a word for sheep? There is not, and so what? What? And, and by context, and it's actually really important that you bring that up mm-hmm. because there's a connection between verses twelve and thirteen, which I think is lost in the English. Mm-hmm. So let me read you literally what it says. It says, "And, and Jacob fled to the the field of Aram, which is uh, Aramea, and he uh, and Israel worked for a woman, mm-hmm. and for a woman he guarded. That's mm-hmm. what it says. Yes, yes, he guarded. And then it says, and and uh, and through a prophet, Yehovah brought up Israel from Egypt." And through a prophet, he was guarded. Mm-hmm. So, and so, so do you think yeah. I don't have that note? I mean, I okay. wanted to talk about this. Okay, so go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. I want to talk about it with you because mm-hmm. when, when when it says and he guarded, and so when I saw that word, I thought immediately. And so the word is a uh, shamar. Or I think it is. I don't know how we're reading. I'm looking here at the English. Yeah. You're looking at the Hebrew, and we're having to go back yeah. and forth. I wrote the note that it, it was that was, was that he had that he guarded. But when I went yeah. to and a prophet, it says here, but by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel from Egypt. The first thing I did is I stopped and asked myself, which prophet? Now, this might sound like a simple, simple question, yeah. but but it's the kind of question that people should ask. So where does, who, who is this prophet? You Moses, say, well, it's, that's a given. <laughs> it, no, no, no. For Listen to what I'm saying. It's a given for you, yeah. but for the people that are reading, so what we want them to do is ask the question, it's a good question which yeah. prophet? And, and then the question becomes, where does it give us a verse that shows us 
that Moses was the prophet. So what I'm saying is that's that was an example of where I where I wanted to be able to say I think it is uh, ah Deuteronomy 34:10. Yeah. Deuteronomy 34:10. Since that time it said no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses or Moshe whom Yahovah knew face to face. And 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 what's going on here is you know so he guarded and it isn't you know we know from the story of Jacob. If we didn't mm. read the story of Jacob we would say, and, and for a woman he guarded, we wouldn't know what he guarded. Exactly. Maybe he guarded the storehouse. Maybe he guarded the fields of, of wheat. Mm -hmm. But we know he guarded sheep because we read the story, and goats. Mm -hmm. And then Moses was a shepherd. Mm -hmm. And so Jacob starts out as a shepherd, and then there's a prophet that comes and becomes a shepherd for all the descendants of Jacob. And that's the message here. So that's why what I want to say is, again, let me just, let me say this again. So sometimes you'll say, well, it's obvious. Well, of course someone knows. And your background, and I challenge you on this all the time, your background is you heard it week after week, year yeah. after year after year after year. Yeah. And for the people that are reading Prophet Pearls for the first time, listening to Prophet Pearls for the first time, there'll be like a light that goes on. Can I be honest? Mm -hmm. For me, I come at this fresh every time mm. and a light comes on and I'm, that's who he's talking about. If I just read mm. it out of context, what prophet is he talking about? Yeah. If I read it in context, of course, it's Moses. And of course, there are verses. So um, let, let's let's go back to the verse if we can. Yeah. And let's get into the nitty gritty here. That's yeah. the nitty gritty. Now, <coughs> excuse me, 13. That's all right, folks. We're not even going to edit that out. When Ephraim spoke, men trembled. He was exalted in Israel. Can we stop for a second? Sure. Why this name? Why Ephraim? Why Ephraim? Why if Ephraim? Why is that the name that's used? So uh, there were two kingdoms, the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah. Mm -hmm. And the most powerful tribe in, in Israel was Ephraim. Mm -hmm. And the capital was in, in the territory of Ephraim, the, mm -hmm. the city of Jezreel at mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. was the cap, you know, so Ephra it'd be like saying today, um, you know, we could talk about the United States of America or we could talk about Washington. That's it. And a great it, job. Yeah. Great job. So in other words... Ephraim is the Ephraim is the um, and is, maybe maybe a better example actually if for those who are you know my age or Keith's age remember you know mm. we used to have this country that doesn't exist anymore called the Soviet Union mm. and sometimes we call them the Russians mm -hmm. right they weren't all Russians there were Armenians and there were Uzbekis and there were you know mm -hmm. and there were Ukrainians but the Russians were the most powerful one mm -hmm. and that's really a better analogy so Ephraim is the most powerful tribe in Israel they have the capital mm -hmm. they have the nation by the you know by the reins. Um, so Hosea especially refers to the nation of Israel as Ephraim. Mm -hmm. And so, and again, the connection between Ephraim and Israel, that basically yeah. that's what we're talking about. In other words, yeah. we're still, we're, that's who we're dealing with. So mm -hmm. he says here, and when he spoke, men trembled. He was exalted in Israel, but he became guilty of Baal worship mm -hmm. and died. Yeah. Now they sin more and more and they make idols for themselves from their silver and cleverly fashioned images. All of them of the work of craftsmen. Now, when I read that, the first thing I think about is, is, the, is, the, is the images that they created in the Northern Kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I know we're going to talk about it a little bit later. But there's something about this that's kind of, um, how can I say it? In 13.2 for me, they send more and more. They make these idols for themselves from their silver, cleverly fashioned images. All of them the work of craftsmen. It is said of these people... They offer human sacrifice. And then this verse, Nehemiah. Wait, wait, you're going to skip over the human I'm gonna get sacrifice? To, no, 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 hold on. Stick with that. It's the, it's the same verse. I'm in the same verse. Oh, okay. Yeah. All of them, the work of craftsmen, it is said of these people, they offer human sacrifice, and then it says, and kiss the calf idols. So, so, let's, go so, so let's look at the King James. It says, they say of them, let the men that sacrifice kiss the calves. Mm -hmm. So are the men sacrificed or are they doing the sacrifice? Mm -hmm. And there's no question for, in my mind in Hebrew, it says Zohe Adam, sacrifice, uh, slaughtering of men. They're mm -hmm. sacrificing men. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, why they wanted to say it was uh, men that sacrifice. Maybe it was so shocking to them that they would be human sacrifice mm-hmm. that they, they switched it around. <laughs> yeah. But it's clearly referring to human sacrifice. And, you know, it's it's interesting because it says here, they in the NIV anyway, it says they offer human sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You're saying in the King James Version, it says what? It says, let the men that sacrifice kiss the calves. Okay. The men are sacrificing. The calves are about to kiss, uh, mm-hmm. about the sacrifice, or kissing the calves are about sacrifice mm-hmm. instead of... Um, the men are actually being sacrificed. It says, mm-hmm. Adam. The, I mean, here's, here's how I would translate it. Um, to them, meaning to these gods, they uh, say, and the word say can actually mean to plan mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, or to give an order in this case, mm-hmm. uh, plan or give order, to sa- uh, sacrifice it, uh, those who sacrifice men and they kiss calves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so they're sacrificing. They're, they're in, in honor of their gods, they're, they're performing human sacrifice, mm-hmm. which we know happened in ancient yeah. Israel. Mm. I mean, the Torah mentions that you know one of the abominations of the, abomination. of, of the you know the nations is to sacri- human sacrifice. God hates human sacrifice, mm. and He warned them repeatedly. Deuteronomy eighteen, Leviticus, uh, where is it? Like nineteen, I think it's in there, and or Deuteronomy eight, uh, no, Leviticus eighteen and twenty. It's all over in the Torah. God hates human sacrifice, and here He's uh, accusing them of human sacrifice. Mm. And kissing calves, mm. meaning they they worship these calves and they sacrifice men. Mm-hmm. And, and the implication here is that um, they're supposed to be sacrificing the calves, <laughs> exactly, exactly, and, and kissing the men. Instead, they're sacrificing men and kissing calves. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, well, it, it's interesting. The verse and the, and the King James has completely switched it. Yeah. Well, verse three says, "Therefore, there will be like morning mist." And I, I have to just—I said this before. When I hear verses yeah. like this, and the like, yeah. the, and, and like the early dew that disappears, like chef. Swirling from a threshing floor like smoke, I, I, I'm always reminded, and this was my, uh, where I, my perspective. I'm always reminded uh, the the verse. I think it is in James. It says it's like a mist that appears for a little while and it's gone. It's like this mm. little. It's like in, in the big picture of things, uh, it's just going to be like a mist, and that's certainly here. They're going to be like a morning mist. They're not going to be there forever. It's going to disappear. Right. And, and that's actually an image that you know Hoshea uses in other places. Mm-hmm. He, he really likes that image of mm-hmm. of there's something that's just very very transient, just there for a second, and then it's gone. Well, I have to tell you, Nehemiah, in verse 4, when I get to verse 4 is when I get, you know, I want you to tap, tap on your computer here. Folks, yeah. we've got this great tool. You know, I've got a couple Bibles open and my computer. Nehemiah's got just his computer, but it's it's amazing because he's got just the Hebrew there. Computer. Just his computer. It's like 20 Bibles in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. It's just the computer, but you've got all this information and, and it's just, it's really powerful. But what I love about it is how fast we can do some things to check. Yeah. And I'm going to get to one kind of push hmm push you just a little bit in uh in, in verse four it says but i am and here's what it says in the niv but i am the lord your god who brought you out of egypt now in the i think it is in the jps yeah uh it says verse 13 one second four. here four let me just get to that yeah. it says only i the lord have been your god ever since the land of egypt yeah now, if you go into the Hebrew, yeah. there's this phrase that is one of my favorite phrases in all of mm. all of the texts. And it says, And when I hear that, I'm, I'm reminded of the most important introduction that ever took place in history, where God brought the people to the mountain and he introduced himself. And he could have said anything, but he said, he said, he didn't say the, he said, Well, that phrase, if you could check for us real quick, how many times do we see the exact phrase without the vav there? The but just yeah, phrase. yeah. In other words, um, where he's well, using the exact phrase. You mean? Yeah, almost <laughs> the exact phrase. Yep. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, I pulled up on my search um, eight times. That's right. It shows up eight times in Scripture. So in this we've form. got where he says, I am Yehovah your God, Exodus 20, verse 2, Exodus 20, verse 5. Those are in the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. Deuteronomy 5, 6 and Deuteronomy 5, 9. Those are the Ten Commandments mm -hmm. repeated. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's really the same time. Um, Isaiah 51, 15. It says, and I am Yehovah your God. Mm -hmm. um, Ho Hosea 12, 10. That's what we're, or, no, is that what we're reading? Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what we're reading. Mm -hmm. Um mm, yeah, Hosea thirteen four again has I am Yehovah mm. your God from the land of Egypt. Wait, that's the that's one the one we're looking at. Oh, so it's twelve ten is just before the section yep, we yep, started. Yep, okay, yep. Um, and then Psalm eighty one eleven, mm -hmm. which in the English is verse ten, says again I am Yehovah your God who br brought you who brings you up from the land of Egypt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of the reasons that I like it is because he ties the issue Eight of the times. introduction with what he does, and that's of course even the situation mm -hmm. here. I am this God. I am I am the one and only God, and he says. And you are not to know any God except me. You can check this in this. And then this, this phrase I, we, have to, I, we have to get can to. Can I read this? Yes, so, Okay. It says, I am Yehovah, your God, literally from the land of Egypt. And mm -hmm. that's why the, you know, the, the, the NIV adds the words, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Mm -hmm. And the JPS says, no, from means ever since. And mm -hmm. both of those are possible in Hebrew. Mm -hmm. And he says, And a God beside me you will not know. And then? And there is no Savior beside me. Mm -hmm. So so why do we get excited about that? He says, and there's no Savior beside me. Yeah. One of the things that I like to do is to go back, and I want to push you again. Mm -hmm. Tell me the first time that that word Moshiach is used, and then what the context oh, and is. That was again. our word of the week once. Yeah, it was. It was. So tell me yeah. what the what the context is. I think you're going to go back to I don't know. It would be probably. So that I have to do a little bit more complex of a search. Give me a second. Okay. Well, while you're doing that, um, again, yeah. the idea is so that's the I want to feel participle. Yep. Well, let's do. I want to do a quick glance at the word, the first few times it's used. Yeah. And I, I think it, so. The word Moshiach appears thirty-one times in the Tanakh, and yes. the first one is Deuteronomy twenty-two twenty-seven. That's right. And can you read the verse? It says, "For he found her in the field, and the betrothed damsel cried, and there was none to save her." Right. Literally, there was no savior for her. It's talking about a man who rapes a woman, mm -hmm. and she cries out, and there's no savior so, to help her. Now, can I move back to Hosea? Hosea. Yeah. Uh, Hosea yeah. When I when I hear this verse in Hosea, I went back. I looked at that actual verse in Deuteronomy. And, and I thought again about this, what, what, what is the practical meaning? What is the practical meaning mm -hmm. of that word? That someone needs help. Someone needs rescuing. Someone needs, if I can use the word, to be saved from distress, from, from despair, mm -hmm. whatever. And that this person comes along who's yeah. going to do and, it. And what you're referring to is that, you know, in, in Christianity, there's this idea that savior is this theological term. Right. Which um, refers to saving from sin. Mm -hmm. And uh, almost exclusively in the Tanakh with I believe two exceptions off the top of my head. In most places in the Tanakh, when it talks about saving, it means saving from some kind of harm or destruction mm -hmm. or, or, or you know, mm -hmm. danger. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple of places, specifically in Ezekiel, where it does talk about salvation from sin. Mm -hmm. But most of the places in the Tanakh where it speaks about salvation or mm -hmm. savior, it's saving from some kind of destruction. Isn't that? And so that's why I wanted us to take a look at that actual word. And then can just, we just can yeah. I pull up Isaiah 54, 21? Absolutely. For, sorry, 45, 21. Um, he says, tell ye and bring them near uh, ye. I can't read this King James. It's just so bad. Um, <laughs> I can't even read it. Um, yeah. Here, I'll skip in Hebrew in the middle of the verse. He says, hello, ani Yehovah. Am I not Yehovah? Ve'en od Elohim baladai. And there is no other God beside me. El Tzadik, a righteous God. Umoshia, 
Ein Zulati, and there is no Moshia, no Savior beside me. Mm-hmm. So that's almost verbatim what's in Hosea 13.4 mm-hmm. is in Isaiah 45.21. Mm-hmm. So he says here, now, now can I do this? It's verse, yeah. uh, if it's verse, uh, uh, and you accept me, but there's no Savior. I cared for you in the wilderness, in the land of drought, and it's another... Are you some, reading from Hosea? Um, yeah, I'm reading from oh, Hosea. Yeah. Hosea. Hosea. Yeah. And then uh, it says, as their pasture, and as, as they had their pasture, they became satisfied. And being satisfied, their heart became proud. Therefore, they forgot me. And when I read that, mm-hmm. Nehemiah, again, and I guess maybe I'm getting used to this enough. I've read through it enough times. Immediately, mm-hmm. I thought about, check me on this, Deuteronomy chapter 8, I believe mm-hmm. it is. And Deuteronomy chapter 8, you can find it on your computer. But this idea that that when you when things get good, when when you find build fine houses, I'm not quoting this is off the top of my head. When you build fine houses and and your your sheep and your herds and your flocks and all the go go well, you know, do not come to a place where you will then say what I'm the one that has, that has done this. I become right. You so, know, so what you're saying is when when everything's good, we kind of forget about God. So Deuteronomy eight eleven, and this is a theme throughout Deuteronomy and, and really what we mm-hmm. call the former prophets. Um, says, beware that you forget not Yehovah your God in not keeping the com- his commandments and his judgments and his statutes when I, com- that I command you this day, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and dwelled therein when your uh, herds and flocks, etc., when everything's good, uh, go- skipping ahead to verse 14, then your heart will be lifted up and you will forget Yehovah your God, which brought you f- forth out of the land of Egypt. So isn't that amazing mm-hmm. that this prophet, Hosea, who lived in the northern kingdom mm-hmm. of Israel, he wasn't from Judah, and he's basically quoting or paraphrasing the book of Deuteronomy. Exactly. I mean, this exactly. is a, a consistent message throughout the book. Mm-hmm. When, when things are good, you forget me. And then we can look at the book of Judges, and that's the central theme. Exactly. Every time things are okay, they forget Yehovah, meaning they, they stop, you know, being faithful to him. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, it reminds me of, there was a saying, I think, from World War One where they used to say, there are no there are no atheists in the foxhole. <laughs> um, you know, when, when you're in the foxhole and you're being yeah. shot at and your life is, you know, in danger, everybody believes in God. And that's the point mm-hmm. here. Uh, the challenge is to believe in God and be faithful to Him when things are going good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to let you do this because I, I actually am excited about a verse and I can't wait to get to it. So would you go ahead and read the next section here? Verses, uh, we're, t- we're talking about caring for the desert. Verse 7. So are we come upon Him like a lion? Is there something in that you just want to, I mean, you know. Well, so that's referred to at the end of, cha- I believe it's at the end of chapter 5 and, mm-hmm. in Hosea. And, but let, let's so much, let's go, let's go forward. There's okay, so really here's cool here's what here's what kind of excited me. I got yeah. to verse 9. And, and yeah. excuse my excitement. I was, and, and I've been I've been doing some, I've been, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit about this a little bit later in the program. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's been really concerning me, Nehemiah, is that um, when it comes to Bible study, sometimes um, with the technology that exists today, and I'm not speaking of your situation, mm-hmm. you know, this takes biblical knowledge to use the program that you're using you got to understand what you're looking for but there's so many programs that you can use we can push a button and get the you know the strong's number or get this number get get that number and i am going to talk a little bit about this and give a great example okay. but what i got excited about when i saw this verse yeah. in verse 9 was it, and why did i get excited in it says you are destroyed o israel because you are against me against your helper why would i get excited because i went to the word helper yeah. or help and immediately i thought about wait a minute Aren't there some examples where God takes his name and puts it connected to this mm-hmm. idea of being a helper? So there are, let's see, mm-hmm. if you if you do this, who? so then who is your helper? If you take the word yod heh vav and the word uh, Ezra. Ezra, you find these verses over and over and over again. He will be my helper. He is our helper. The helper is, you know, and when I saw the verse in Hosea, I'm thinking the people that are reading this, surely they're reminded 
He is the one who is the helper. He is the one who helps us. In fact, his name is connected, you know, mm -hmm. to being the one that... Could, that, that There's that even a king of Judah named Azariahu, yeah. uh, Yehovah is my help. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I got stuck on that verse and I was doing a little bit of worship. You know, it's funny, in the back of my book, His Hollywood Name Revealed Again, I did this cute little thing that really became like one of the highlights of the book where there's a CD with 80 different names and descriptions of descriptions using the name Yehovah or the, or, or the title Elohim and then descriptions of what it is about his name. One of them is this idea that Yehovah is our, is my helper. Mm -hmm. So I would quote that, you know, pray that, sing that. And again, it's just an amazing experience because people can kind of have this devotional, devotional life mm -hmm. where you're speaking back to him who he is. Yeah. He is our, he is our helper. Okay, that's my thing there. Where is your king that he may save whoa, you? Whoa, whoa, okay, you're going to say, go, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. so now that you said, where is your king in verse 10, now we've got to go back and re read verse. Can you read verse 7 for me? Sure, absolutely. So I will come upon them like a lion, like a okay, leopard. Okay, that's enough. Okay. So I will come upon them. And literally it says, and I will be to them like a lion. Va'ehi. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And the word is ehi, which is a shortened form of ehie. Mm -hmm. um, okay, they call it the cohortative. Anyway, not important. Uh, grammar. So ehi is I will be. It's a form of ehi. Mm -hmm. 13.10. What's the first word in 13.10? In English? In Hebrew. Ah, uh, uh, is uh, ehi. Ehi, yes. So why do they translate it as where? Mm. It's not where. Ehi malkacha efo. I will be your king, therefore. Mm -hmm. um, and he will save you in all your cities. Uh, and your judges, of which you said, give for us a, uh, a king and um, officers. So here Yehovah is saying, I'm the king. Mm-hmm. You don't got you don't have any other judges or kings or or officers. It's me, mm -hmm. and you know. So so where did they get this? Where? Mm -hmm. And for example, the King James. I give it credit here. I will be your king. Where is any other that may save thee in all thy cities? And that's actually a mistranslation as well. But mm -hmm. okay, I'll give them credit because they didn't know Hebrew well enough to know the difference between efo and efo. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, it doesn't say where. He says, "I am your king." Therefore. Um, so why did they have where? And so, so there are some of the Hebrew grammarians who say ehi mm -hmm. is a variant, um, of, from the Northern kingdom for aye, which is, means where. Mm. So it's not completely wrong, meaning it, it's possible. I just don't see any reason to, you know, like this would basically be the only place in the Tanakh that has that along with our nice little verse up ahead, which we'll get to, or maybe we can do it now. Mm -mm. Um, no, no, we gotta get, so verse 14, can we do that? Yeah, we're getting ready to verse 14. Are okay. you gonna, are you gonna stop me now? This no. is, this is, this is the, I love this verse. Okay. So this is the word of the week verse. Do you understand? Is it? Okay. Yes. This is the word. So what I'd like to do is first read it. Yeah. And then I want to challenge. Can we talk about verse 11 though, real quick? He says, so I, do you want to go to 14 or no, no, not? No, we'll, we'll wait for 14. <laughs> but remember that word, ehi, which some people are saying means where, but really it's just the simple word for I will be. Mm -hmm. And that's what it meant in the other verse, mm -hmm. um, verse 7 that we read. Uh, he says, I will give you a, I, I, uh, I give you a king in my wrath, and I, uh, in my anger, and I take away in my wrath. Mm. So what does that mean? He gives us a king in, our, in anger. What, what's that about? Well, it's pretty clear to me. So tell us, tell the people. What I it mean, means. it's history. It's history. So the we're people, talking about the people who didn't read the book of Judges. Yeah, they, read, yeah, they, read, or they didn't know the story, the history of, of Israel. That they yeah. said, "Give us a king," and so he, he gives them a king, and that's why I want to get right. to the next well, verse. And then he's angry. He says, "But they've rejected me because I'm really their king." Exactly, and that's the significance of that verse where he says, "Ahil, uh, Melech, I am your king." Yes, absolutely. Now can we do verse fourteen? Yeah, okay. So I will ransom them from the power of the grave. 
I will redeem them from death. Where, O oh, death, are your plagues? Where, O oh, grave, is your destruction? Now, you're going to have to that's really... That's not what it says. No, no, hold on. <laughs> I'm going to tell you here. You're going to have to really work hard on this in verse yeah. 14. Oh, I am. Okay. So, in, in, if you go to verse 14, and I want you to open up the Hebrew, and this is where I've got it. I want to... I want to I'm not, it's not the bully pulpit. I just want to give an example for I don't know what people. a bully pulpit is. You don't know what that, that is. Sometimes no. the preachers, we get behind the pulpit and... And, and, and use the authority and use the, you know, use our, what we want, you know, banging and say, this is what it's got to be. Now, now, I was on this radio program <laughs> with these people in Kentucky. Yeah. And they use this expression about how somebody was chopping corn. Mm. Have you heard that? No. And in Kentucky, it means like to really preach the Bible, like, you know, <laughs> fiercely is called chopping corn. Yes. <laughs> like that's like the bully pulp. Okay. Okay. So there's, there's 14 in, in English, uh, verse 13 for you. Is that right? It says. It's the same verses in this chapter. Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay. So I will ransom you from the power of the grave is what it says in now here's what I can give the NIV credit. They have a little note, a little A, and it goes down and says Hebrew Sheol. 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 And so Sheol, I want this to be the word of the week. Because I think oh. there's this thing's packed. So so the word of the week, we're gonna use this the three three letter um three letter um letter root, okay? Mm -hmm. So if we say we're gonna go to the three letter root of Sheol. It's actually a little bit confusing, Nehemiah. And why is it a little bit confusing? The Sheen and the Aleph and the Vav and the Lamet, there are four letters there. So I'm looking at this. There are these four letters. So what does this mean that there's a three-letter root? What's the three-letter root of Sheol? The three-letter root is Shin, Aleph, Lamed. Okay. So 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 why are there four letters? So the Vav is what's called uh, Matris Lectionis or... Uh, Basically like a vowel helper. That's I'm very excited about okay. this. I'm very excited about this. So anyway, so what I want you to do is 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 yeah. I wanted to tell you, okay, let me slow down. So here's what happened for me. I'm looking at this and I something jumps off the page. Mm. He's talking before about who? He's talking about the king. I gave you a king. Yeah. How do you spell the king's name? Just the root the letters of the king's name. Of the king he's speaking of. Okay. Shaul. Shaul. How yeah. do you spell it? Shin Aleph Avlam, the same four letters. The same four letters. Now, here's what gets yeah. exciting. And so then he's, he gets to this and he says, now we're dealing with this word, the Sheol. Okay, now. Sheol. Sheol. We get to this and he says, I will ransom from the power of the grave from Sheol. I'll redeem them from death. And we're going to talk about this in a second. And then in, in uh, I think it is in verse uh, Samuel. Is it Samuel? Yes, it's Samuel. So what I want you to do for me is... Here's where I, I think there, there sometimes becomes an issue. If I don't have the ability to know what the word is, in other words, if I just have a concordance, just a concordance, and I want to say, okay, I'm going to look for the word Sheol, Sheen, Aleph, Vav, Lamed. Mm -hmm. There are some times when the exact same spelling is used like the word to ask. Mm -hmm. Why is that? So in Hebrew... Um very often you'll have uh, the same exact letters with many, many different meanings. And what distinguishes them is the vowels. Mm -hmm. So the same word, if I didn't have vowels and I didn't have a context, if I didn't have a context, I could read that word as Sha'ul, the name Saul. Mm -hmm. I could read it as Sha'ul, the, the place you go when you, where you die, the realm of the dead. Or I could read it as um, Sha'ol, which means ask, mm -hmm. as an imperative. So we won't go into great depth because we don't have a long uh, time. Absolutely. But I think it's really imperative. funny, really yeah. funny that they says you wanted to ask for a king, mm -hmm. and they use the word Sheen Aleph Vab Lamed. Yeah. And what's the name of the king? Sheen Aleph Vab. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these are the kind of things that you, when you're reading it in the language, they, I, I don't even know how to put it. It's like, a, 
like a it moment. It jumps off the page. It just literally right. jumps yeah. off the page. You ask, it's the flavor and texture of Hebrew. You ask for a king, and I'm going to give you a king. And the first king's name is I could call, I could call him Ask. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying by spelling, yeah. I could say he's a Sheen. Aleph Vav Lamed. And Shaul actually means the one who is asked for. You see it's, what I'm it's saying? The, it's the it, Benoni Paul, the yeah. passive participle, the one who is asked for. So Shaul. You, can you Saul. excuse my excitement? You can't do that if you're just clicking with the concordance. If you're using like the Blue Letter Bible, mm -hmm. it's not. You won't find that in the Blue Letter Bible. You're not going to find that. I've never in the used blue, the Blue Letter Bible, so I don't know. You're not going to find it in the Blue Letter Bible. You're not really? going to be able to find that even in the concordance. It, it's, it, you know, the difference between a concordance and a lexical aid, completely different. And so mm -hmm. what I've really, really appreciated is to have to slow down. And again, sometimes it's very difficult, but to slow down and like what you say, it's obvious that such and such and such and such, it's obvious that such and such. Well, for folks like me, it's not. But when we get a little bit of the tools, some of the tools, so the word of the week is sheol, which Sheol's. also can be, yeah. which also can be, uh, if you spell, if you spelled that vowel differently, it could be sha'ul and it could be sha'ol, right? To ask. There's three sha'ol, different yeah, possible abilities for the consonants. So here are the four consonants, folks. Sheen, aleph, vav, and Lamed. And now you go do your work and find out how many different words you can come up with that word of the week. Now, now we've got to talk about what the verse actually says. There it is. Here we go. So uh, so read your verse again in, in your in your. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. That's fine. Keep going. Where, O death, are your plagues? Where, O grave, is your destruction? Okay. Except it doesn't say where. Mm -hmm. Um. It doesn't say where. It says ehi, which is I will be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let me read you what it actually says in Hebrew. Mm -hmm. um, from the hand of Sheol, I will ransom them. From death, I will redeem them. I will be your plague, O death. I will be your pestilence, O Sheol. Mm. Comfort will be hidden from my eyes. Mm. What on earth is it saying? God's going to be the, the plague to Sheol and the pestilence... To, to death or vice versa. Maybe that's why they changed the verse. I mean, what does that mean? <laughs> so I'll tell you what it means. God's going to defeat death and he's going to have no mercy on death. He's going <laughs> to he's gonna destroy death and there will be no comfort for death. No comfort. And let me read you another verse that talks about the same thing. Yes. If you think, what a crazy idea. God's going to be attacking death. What is this? Isaiah 25, 8. He will destroy death forever. Uh, my Lord, Yehovah, will wipe the tears from all faces and will put an end to the reproach of his people over all the earth, mm. for it is Yehovah who has spoken it. So there is this image in the Tanakh of, a def of death being defeated in yes. more sort of uh, allegorical, symbolic terms. The same thing appears in Isaiah 27.1. Mm. And that day Yehovah, with his uh, sore and great and strong wind, shall punish Leviathan and the piercing serpent, even Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and you shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. And, Come and on in, with that. And in the ancient mythology and, and, and symbolism, Leviathan, Leviathan was the symbol of death. Mm. And, 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 you know, it was this you know, sea monster that would swallow people up and they'd be dead. Mm. And, and the point here is that Yehovah is going to defeat death. And so <laughs> Yehovah is going to be like pestilence and plague to Sheol and to death. He's going to defeat them and there'll be no comfort for death. It'll be completely mm. destroyed. Mm. And he's going to redeem the souls of the people mm. from Sheol and from death. Do you believe it, Nehemiah? I do, 100%. I 100%. Now, this is talking about resurrection. Aren't you excited yes. about oh, that? I'm very excited about it. Absolutely. <laughs> and you're telling me that it's in, uh, it's in Hosea. Hosea. Hosea chapter 13, verse 14. Yeah. Wow. Well, I have to tell you, it, when I when I get to that, when I, when I hear that verse, and when I think about the concept under that verse, I just, it's hard for me to want to continue. I know we have to continue, and I know we don't have hours and hours to do this, 
But there's a really important verse. But, so are we going to skip ahead? Or? No, no, I'm just... I want to give you full reign yeah. for the next 30 seconds to see if there's anything before we get to the really important verse. What, 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 <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> well, so if we're going to talk about 15, um, we'll read 15 in your translation. Yep, I will do that. It says, uh, even uh, so I will have no compassion even though he thrives among his brothers. An east wind from the Lord will come, blowing in from the desert. His spring will fail and his well dry up. His storehouse will be plundered of all its treasures. So here I've got to take, can we take a ministry minute? Absolutely. Because here it says, um, it says his, his uh, literally it says his source will dry up. And the word there is Makor. And that's the name of my ministry, Come Makor on, Hebrew Foundation. This is great. Uh, we each have different ministries. I'm Makor Hebrew Foundation. My website is nechemiaswall.com. And I love this verse because... In Jeremiah, the verse that inspired me to call the ministry Makor, there's this verse that, you know, it says Israel has abandoned their Makor, their source of living water, which is a spring that gushes out of the ground. And they've dug for themselves these dry cisterns, these broken mm-hmm. cisterns. And Yehovah is the Makor, the source of the living water. And what he's saying here is because they didn't choose Yehovah as his source, because he chose a different source, that mm-hmm. source will be dried up. Yehovah mm-hmm. will come like a wind and blow it away. And so my prayer and the purpose of my ministry is that Yehovah will always be our Makor, our source. Mm-hmm. And that we look at the source of his words in their original language. Mm-hmm. That's what my ministry is about, chemiswall.com. Hey, excellent. Well, if I'm going to be ministry moment, this is Thanksgiving weekend. I am extremely thankful for all of the people who've decided to uh, go to bfainternational.com and to become free members. And for those that went the further step to become a part of the premium content library, you're actually helping us prepare for this upcoming year. And I tell you, we're going to have a push here from during Thanksgiving until the end of the year to get as many people as possible that would be willing to be a part of the premium content library. It does two things. One, it allows you to get access to everything we have, including the last count. I think it is now 50 plus um, uh, television quality programs that are available for you to watch HD on demand. The second thing that that $10 or more per month does is allows us to plan for the other things that are in the queue. I call them they're on the camera. They're in the, they're in the, in the research. They're ready to be brought to the world, but they can't be brought out unless we have the provision for it. So we believe we've got vision of BFA International. God is always the one who brings provision. I am thankful this weekend for those of you that have signed up for the Premium Content Library. And in advance, I'm thankful for those of you that now hear this, that will go to BFAinternational.com, go through the process, look at see what we have there, and you'd be willing to become a part of the Premium Content Library. It's going to really help us move into this next year to do some things that I think are going to be Unprecedented. As far as what I've done before, what's coming, I think, is even more amazing. So that's the moment. That's the minute. And just to wrap up, um, you know, of course, I've uh, the chemiswell.com has the support team where there's some really powerful teachings there. But for, for both of our ministries, um, there's three things I want to ask people to do. Number one is both of us have the iTunes podcast. Keith has the bfainternational.com podcast. You can find it on iTunes. And my ministry uh, has the nechemiaswall.com podcast. And here's what both of us need. We need people to go to the podcast, write reviews, and give ratings. And why do we want that? Because the way it works on iTunes, the more re- ratings and reviews you have, the more likely that, uh, that iTunes is to show it to people. You know, if you don't have a lot of ratings and reviews, they just kind of bury you at the bottom of the pile. Mm-hmm. But this is a way for people to discover the um, these really powerful podcasts, which include this, include mm-hmm. the Prophet Pearls Prophet and Torah Pearls, Pearls and everything else, and other yeah. material that each of us has, puts out. Um, and then the other thing we're looking for what I call the 70 elders of Israel. Hmm. Um, we're looking for 70 people to every week share this program, Prophet Pearls, on Facebook hmm. uh, and on Twitter. You know, this is the way that we can get this message out to people. You know, today's social media is overthrowing governments and changing the world. And we <laughs> want to overthrow 
the government of religion and change the world of faith to uh, bring people back to the Hebrew sources of faith and to mm. build a foundation for their faith. And um, so we need people to, it's not a small thing. If you share uh, Prophet Pearls on Facebook or, on, on, or on, uh, on Twitter, you are helping to get this message out. You are part of what we're doing. And we appreciate it. And so please go and do that. Okay. That's two of three. What's number three? No, that's it. <laughs> He's a preacher, you guys. He's got three points. I love it. I love it. There is so much more we can talk. We decided we're only going to take about a minute for our ministry. Yeah. Hopefully you will take seriously what we're saying. And in the end, it really means you coming alongside. And as Nehemia says it best, you know, people that would blow that shofar and uh, stand alongside. As Trumpeters the on the wall. Be, yeah. Awesome. Be, yeah. The, be that. Can we now go to this? Can we, can we, yeah, can we skip ahead to Hosea, Hosea 14? Yeah, we have to. We have okay. to. Go ahead, read it. All right. So in Hebrew, it's verse 2. In English, it's verse 1. Um, so this is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Uh, <laughs> I know I say that about a lot of movies. You know, right. Why not? Have but it is. <laughs> okay. He says, Shuva Yisrael ad Yehovah Return Israel to Yehovah your God. Ki bavonecha, for you have stumbled in your iniquity. And he says in verse uh, 2 in the English, 3 in the Hebrew, dvarim, Take with you words. Veshuvu el Yehovah, and return to Yehovah. Imru elav, say to him, kol tisa avon. Now what do you have for that? Kol it says here, return O Israel to the Lord your God. Verse, verse 2, take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all our sins and receive us graciously that we may offer the fruit of our lips. Oh boy. This is the verse. No, that, no, 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 no. Okay, let, let, let me read this passage and we'll go back. Okay? It says, take with you words and return to Yehovah. Say to him, kol tisa avon, which means forgive all iniquity. Vekach tov, and take good. And let us pay for the bulls with our lips. Let me just finish. Assyria will not save us upon, uh, upon a horse we will not ride. We will no longer say, Our God's the work of our hands. Because in you will be, uh, there will be mer- found mercy for the, 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 the orphan. Mm-hmm. Um, those are some powerful. This is a prayer. Mm-hmm. The prophet actually teaches them a prayer in these three verses. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really, really powerful. It's, it's. I mean, really, it's the two verses. Verses three and four in the Hebrew, two and three in the English, is a prayer. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think it's interesting that you you uh, you gave us the translation, but you didn't stop and say anything about it. I just... no. Not now. Let's go back and talk about it. Okay, go ahead. You go. You start. Playing. No. So so here we have this idea. So, for example, the JPS reads, instead of bulls, we pay the offering of our lips, which mm-hmm. is what it says. Literally, let us pay for, for the bulls with our lips, mm-hmm. is what it says. But, for example, in your, what is it, the NIV, you have that when we offer the fruit of our lips. Mm-hmm. Where did they get fruit? Do you know where they got fruit? Mm-hmm. So, the word for bulls is parim, mm-hmm. pereshud mem, and the word for fruit is perot, mm-hmm. peresh vav tav, and they messed up. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, I think they did it on purpose. Meaning what they're doing is saying, this is a misprint in Hebrew. What does it mean to pay for the bulls of our lips? That doesn't fit our theology. Mm-hmm. So we're going to make it uh, offering the fruit of our lips, mm-hmm. which is not what it says in the Hebrew. In the Hebrew, it clearly says, let us pay for the bulls with our lips. And what that means is they lived in the kingdom of Israel where they didn't have, they were not able to come to the temple in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. There was an enemy state. Um, you know, imagine like you're, and I hate to bring this analogy, but why not? If you're in North Korea and, and, and there's something that's happening in South Korea and you just got to get there, but you can't get there. There's a border and it's a very hostile border. Mm-hmm. So that's what it was like for people in the kingdom of Israel. Maybe mm-hmm. not that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but they but they are living in this country where if you want to bring a sacrifice, you've got to bring it to the, the golden calf at Dan or Bethel. Mm-hmm. You cannot bring it to Jerusalem. It's actually a crime. It's, it's, um, 
It, it's treason to mm-hmm. go to the temple in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And so he's saying to them, look, I know you can't bring uh, sacrifices, but here's how you can repent. Take with you words mm-hmm. and return to Yehovah. So you have to pray. And that's number one. Number two is re- take with you words. You have to, you are oh, sorry, uh, and return to Yehovah. That's repentance. So number one is prayer. Number two is repentance. And then you say to him, forgive all iniquity. So you have to ask for forgiveness. Amen. That's number three. Mm-hmm. Number four, and receive good. So you have to do some good in place of the bad that you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, and number five is you have to ask God to accept your prayer in place of the sacrifices mm-hmm. that you needed to offer, that you were not able to offer. Mm-hmm. And then in for, verse four, we have this strange statement, Assyria cannot save us. Why would you say that? Through, throughout the book of, of, um, of Hosea, one of the central themes is that the people are trusting in Assyria and not in Jehovah. Mm-hmm. And so you have to denounce that false trust in, uh, in Assyria and proclaim that you only trust in Jehovah. Mm-hmm. And that's what that means. And upon horses we will not ride, meaning we're not going to trust in our own military might. We're going to trust in Jehovah. We're not going to. So we've got seven things there. Prayer, repentance, asking for forgiveness, doing good in place of the bad you've done. Uh, asking God to accept your prayer in place of sacrifice, uh, renouncing man-made might, uh, and renouncing your own might. Mm. Don't trust another man. Don't trust only in yourself. Trust in Jehovah. It's interesting when I see that wow. verse. I'm, I'm just I'm just reminded. You know, people talk about a, a a sacrifice of praise. You know something mm-hmm. that my 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 background would do. And actually, I asked I asked where that came from. And uh, I think it's in yeah Hebrews, the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. Oh. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that gives thanks oh. to his name, which I think... So that's where they reading, got the fruit of lips. The fruit of, <laughs> yeah, no, but... That's I, hilarious. What's, what's interesting about... No, what's interesting yeah. about it from, from, a, from, a, from a devotional standpoint mm-hmm. is the idea, going back to Hosea, that I would come to him and I would say, here's, here's my sacrifice. Here's what it is. I am offering you with my mouth, which comes from my heart which is my devotion to you, that that's mm. like uh, the cow. You know, I'm, bring, I'm slaughtering, you know, the bull. I'm coming and I'm right. doing that for you. And so it, is, it, becomes, yeah. it becomes a sacrifice of praise because it's a conscious decision for me to say, okay, I can't go and do that. But what, what does it look like for my life, my heart, my mind, my body, everything about yeah. me to be offered to him as a living sacrifice? And I mean, that's, that's just what, you know, that's, that's, that's just what jumps off the page for me when I read that. Right. And, and of course, the eighth thing that I didn't mention, by the way, Obviously, is um, it is uh, you know renouncing their idols. That's there mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so this is really interesting. So, what you're saying they did is they looked at uh, they they looked at, at Hebrews and they said, okay, we, we believe that Hebrews is is quoting or paraphrasing Hosea. So let's retranslate Hosea based on Hebrews. <laughs> like, well, I'm not sure that that's not the tail I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm actually looking at it on a positive note. Right. I'm looking at it as that when I'm reading Hebrews, I'm seeing a connection for. And there's what, a great message in Hebrews. I'm yeah, not backing yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm saying as far as what the NIV translators did and the NRSV translators is they they reinterpreted Hosea, mm-hmm. um, and not that there's a big difference of the message. Right. But it is in subtlety because there he adds the word sacrifices, mm-hmm. which the Hebrew doesn't say sacrifice, meaning. Mm-hmm. Well, Hosea doesn't mention sacrifices. He mentions bulls, which we understand in the context are sacrifices. Absolutely. And Absolutely. then he then he says, okay, sacrifices and, and fruit of the lips. Mm-hmm. So they misunderstood what he was talking about and said, oh, he, he must have read perim, mm-hmm. uh, uh, parim, uh, bulls as perot, as, mm-hmm. as fruit. Mm-hmm. That, that's actually really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just look at uh, one other verse here in, um, I don't know where this verse is. But there's this message throughout the prophets. Where and especially in Hosea, that God wants uh, mercy and obedience 
and not sacrifices. And of course, Psalm 51, we talked about, I think last week, mm-hmm. but now we've got to read it in more detail. Um, well, not too much detail because <laughs> we're running out of time. But um, here, it's, I got to read it. So it starts, so Psalm 51 is actually two different Psalms. The first one is a Psalm of, uh, you know, from the time of David. Mm-hmm. And, and the second one starts in verse 15 in the English, verse 17 in, in, the, in the Hebrew. And he says, uh, Lord, open my lips and let my mouth speak your praise. Because you do not want Zevach uh, Ve'etena, which is sacrifice and gift, whole burnt offerings you do not uh, want or accept. Um, and it says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. God do not despise. So there he's saying what God wants isn't these sacrifices. What he wants is, um, is, is, is you know, to come before him and, and that broken and contrite heart, mm-hmm. that true prayer, that is the sacrifice of the lips. Mm-hmm. That's the prayer you can offer. Of course, then at the end in verse 20 and 21, he then says, um, uh, do good in, uh, in your good pleasure unto Zion, build you the walls of Jerusalem. Then shall you be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then shall they offer bullocks upon your altar. So once Jerusalem is rebuilt, and apparently this is talking about a time when they can't offer sacrifices in Jerusalem. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. Um, once Jerusalem is rebuilt and, the, and people can bring righteous sacrifices and the righteous bull sacrifices will be acceptable. Mm-hmm. But until that time, what God wants is the sacrifice of the heart, the sacrifice mm-hmm. of the lips. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the message. I mean, it's the, yeah. it's the message for us today. That uh, we can't. There, there's no. There's no offering sacrifice today. There's no. Yeah. There's no ability to to go and, and say, "Here's my bull not blood and whatever." Sacrifices, not blood right. sacrifice, yeah. but there's a sacrifice for us, of our hearts and our minds and our spirits and you know and and with our mouth, what we say. Now, so. fourteen four and fourteen five in the Hebrew of Hosea is really important for this whole issue. So then he says, well, "What do you have there in fourteen four? I will heal their waywardness and and love them freely." Yeah, and my anger has turned away from them. So in he, so you just gloss over those in English, but in Hebrew, that's so full of meaning. He says, "I will heal their uh, rebelliousness, their mm-hmm. backsliding." Sometimes translated, um, and I will love them nidava as a free will offering. Mm-hmm. So this is really powerful. So God can say, "Well, wait a minute, you didn't bring the sacrifices. Your your you've got you know your repentance isn't accepted." And He's saying, mm-hmm. "No, I'm going to love them as a free will offering." Mm-hmm. And this word "heal" is a really important word. Um, what does this mean? He's going to heal our, our backsliding, our rebelliousness. What, what is that? What, 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 do you ever think about what that means? So we've got this statement, of course, in Exodus, where he says, I am Yehovah your, who heals you. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Exodus fifteen twenty six, And so we have this physical healing, but we also have this concept in Tanakh that God will heal um, when, we, when we can't do the rituals the way we're supposed to do the rituals. He'll still accept it, mm-hmm. and and that's called to heal in mm-hmm. biblical Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the great examples of this, and we don't have time to go into the whole passage, but there's this great scene in uh, Two Chronicles chapter thirty where they need to bring the Passover sacrifice, and the people are ritual un- ritually unclean. And if mm-hmm. you look at Numbers nine, you cannot bring a Passover sacrifice if you're ritually unclean. Mm-hmm. But all the people have come to Jerusalem, and Hezekiah, who is the king, has called them to Jerusalem for the Passover sacrifice, which they have not done in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And he says to them, he, he he says to himself, "What do I do? Do I send everybody home because mm-hmm. we didn't bring the sac? Because we don't have the we're mm-hmm. not they're not ritually clean, or do we eat the sacrifice and ask God to accept it?" Mm-hmm. And he prays to God, and I just love this passage. This this is so powerful. You know, I, I deal with all these people all the time who I call the Torah police, um, who if you don't do something exactly the way that they think it's supposed to be mm-hmm. done, mm-hmm. then you know there's no hope for you. Um, and then I, I read this. And I, I see there's a different spirit here. Um, here, let me read this here. Uh, this is really powerful. 
Um, this is chapter 30. It says, They took their stations as was their rule according to the teaching of Moses. This is 2 Chronicles 30, 16. Uh, teaching of Moses, man of God, the proof. Okay, hold on a second. Since many in the congregation had not sanctified themselves, meaning made themselves ritually clean, uh, the Levites were in charge of slaughtering the Paschal sacrifices for everyone who was not clean, so as not to... Uh, so as to consecrate them, them to Yehovah, um, the sacrifices that is. For most of the people, many from Ephraim and Manasseh, Issachar, and Zvulun had not purified themselves. Yet they ate the Paschal sacrifice in violation of what was written. Mm-hmm. Meaning no one's disputing this was a violation of the Torah. And it says, Hezekiah prayed for them saying, A good Yehovah will provide atonement for everyone who set his mind on worshiping God. Yehovah, God of his fathers, even if he is not purified for the sanctuary. Hmm. So that's his prayer. Mm -hmm. So he's praying God accepted, even though they sinned. Mm -hmm. They they did it because they did it because they wanted to serve you, even though it wasn't exactly the right ritual. And it says, And Yehovah listened to Hezekiah, and he healed the people. Mm-hmm. And this idea of healing the people, and, and we'll get to this uh, one day when we do the section of Mount Carmel, where um, Elijah heals the altar. And that mm-hmm. actually has a really powerful meaning, which is missed, I think, by most, most people. But it, ha- it ties back into this, that when you've sinned and you can't do all the rituals you're supposed to do, you can't bring the blood sacrifice you need to, ble- to, mm-hmm. to bring. He says, I will heal their rebelliousness. I will love them as a free will offering, Hosea 14.4. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I mean, that's, that's a hand. That's a, that's a lot. And I will tell you, there's still there's still a whole lot more. One of the things I really do want to challenge yeah. people to do is I want them to to uh, to 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 be a part of Prophet Pearls with us, even if they're not a partner. Meaning, if they're not bringing the resources alongside, um, there's such there's so much information in, in these in these in these sections. There's no way. Now I know if if we didn't have a time limit, you could probably oh, go, we could for, go for the next two hours. <laughs> no, let, let's, let's yeah yeah not. But here's yeah. what I want to challenge people to do: is I want to challenge people to read. Um, the entire section and ask the question what do you what do you see that it means and i prayerfully would hope that people would consider sharing what they've what they've come up with because there's so much last week you know sherry (laughs) what she was bringing i didn't even get to bring it all hopefully she'll bring it you know in 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 uh, comments and so many of the other people that actually do comment but there's so much here and and again we're we're trying to say we're you know with with torah pearls the original torah pearls program we didn't have a time frame. Yeah, we went we do one on, episode three hours. And I, and but so, but yeah. I do want to invite people to come to both nehemiaswall.com and bfainternational.com and post your comments. Yep. Post, you don't have to just post questions. Post your thoughts. You know, you read yeah. this passage. You're part of this Prophet Pearls. Yeah. You know, and, and I've had people who have posted like whole long Megillas. <laughs> you know, don't do that. Uh, yeah, don't do the 10 page thing. But if you can <laughs> limit it to like a paragraph and say, hey, you know, I read this verse I didn't get to. I read a verse they did get to. Here's my take on it. Mm-hmm. Can we just end with Hosea 14.9, which yes, is, is absolutely. such a powerful verse. Mm-hmm. Wow. It says, Who is wise that will have dis- discernment in these things? Navon v'yeda'em. Uh, has wisdom and he will know them. For the ways of Yehovah are straight. Yeah. The righteous shall walk in them. And the transgressors will stumble in them. Mm. And it's my prayer, Yehovah, our Father in heaven, Yehovah, let all those who call upon your name in truth, let them understand your word. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't do all the rituals right, even if they don't dot all the I's and cross all the T's, if they come to you with a true and, and, and contrite heart, Yehovah, heal their sacrifice and heal their offering of their lips and accept them as the free will offering that you're willing to do, Yehovah, and let them walk in your straight ways. Mm. Amen. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to Profit Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. For more information, please visit nehemiaswall.com and bfainternational.com. Thank you.